on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Greg Matzik. Bouncer hit to first. He'll step on the back for one and a throw at second is in time. It is going to be a double play, I believe. The win of the year candidate for the Brewers. They come from behind and erase a four-run deficit to pull off a 7-5 victory over the first place Arizona Diamondbacks at American Family Field. Welcome into Brewers Extra Innings. Greg Matz again for Dom Cotronio this Tuesday night. Man, I, what a ball game. After last night's clunker, a 9-1 loss in Game 1 of the series, a game in which Corbin Burns allowed six runs in the first inning. You know, the Diamondbacks started somewhat similar today, putting up four runs in the first few innings of this contest, building a 4-0 lead, only to find the Brewers come back in full effect. A four-run seventh inning, Devin Williams closing things out in the ninth, run prevention unit in full effect in that ninth inning, and William Contreras delivering the go-ahead double in that four-run seventh. Win of the year? Yeah, I mean, it's a candidate, right? It is an absolute candidate for win of the year, given how this played out, given that the Diamondbacks are a first-place team, given what happened last night, and given the fact that this was the Brewers' largest deficit overcome in a win this season, trailing by one, two, three, or more runs after seven innings. And that's not been kind to the Brewers' record here. They are outstanding, however, when they score four runs or more among the best records in all of baseball. They needed every bit of that tonight in pulling off a 7-5 win. Would love to hear from you following tonight's victory, 855-616-1620. That is the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old, 855-616-1620. You get a chance to exhale after a win like that, don't you? And as the seventh inning was developing, you started to hope that you'd just maybe get that lineup turned over. Could you get to Christian Yelich, who has been in such a groove here really since May 1st, hitting over 300 among the best batting averages in all of baseball uh, in the last month and a half of the season? Could you spill it over to Yelich? My thought was if you could get it to Yelich with the bases loaded, runners on base, whatever, and even one out, I, I like the chances of at least narrowing the gap in that seventh inning. But here's how the seventh inning played out. This was clearly the difference-making inning in tonight's game. Luis Arias leads off with a walk. Blake Perkins then reaches on an infield single. And Kettle Marte had, I, I don't know, it was just a brief hesitation on a ground ball that was hit to second base. And Perkins, busting his butt down the line, is able to cross first base before the throw is delivered and caught. So Perkins' hustle, legging that out, really busting it out of the batter's box, allows that inning to continue with no outs and runners on first or second. Then Joey Weimer follows with an infield single. You want to talk about small ball, a walk, and two infield singles load the bases. Weimer's goes off the pitcher's glove, deflected to Marte, and it throws him off just enough where Perkins is able to slide into second base. His only opportunity to record an out, Marte's, was Perkins at second. He wasn't going to get Weimer busting it out of the box. He had good speed on the bases in that inning. That really helped. So now you got the bases loaded, nobody out. The Diamondbacks commit to a pitching change. They bring in Nelson for Adams. Nelson is a lefty. And his first pitch to Christian Yelich, I, you know, I, I think Yelly thought that slider was going to break a little bit more, and maybe he was able to drive it. Instead, it was kind of a hanging slider, but 
but Yelich wasn't really expecting it to look like. He jumped on the opportunity, ends up hitting a dribbler toward first base, and that's just enough. Keeps you out of the double play, allows a run to score, and it's 4-3. to three. Weimer advances to second, Perkins on third. So now you've got second and third with one out. Well, then Contreras also jumps on the first pitch and hits a double to left center to score Weimer and Perkins. And to me, that's kind of your turning point of the game and ultimately was the difference in tonight's game. Brewers were able to tack on another one in that inning with Owen Miller pinch hitting for Rowdy Telez. He singled to left. Contreras moved to third. And then Willie Adamas has a fielder's choice that scores Contreras from third base. So a four-run seventh sets up the Brewers to bring in their closer, Devin Williams, to close things out in the ninth, not before Yoel Piamps struck out the side in the eighth. We had a little bit of everything, didn't you? Pretty amazing win here for the Brewers tonight. You love to see it, especially after last night's loss, and especially considering what the Reds are doing. They won again tonight. Make it 10 in a row now for the Reds, so you're keeping pace here, just a half game back of Cincinnati, tied in the win column going into the final game of this series and homestand that will be played tomorrow afternoon. Whew! That's a fun one tonight at American Family Field. We'd love to hear from you here on the program, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Craig Cashon's going to join us coming up in just a few moments. I also want to detail the night for Willie Adamas and Jesse Winker. If you listen to me on the pre-pregame show, Brewers warm-up, I was highly critical of Willie Adamas and Jesse Winker. You're looking at players who have been, you know, peppered into the heart of the Brewers' order and combined are barely hitting above 200. There's some pop with Adamas. There is pop with Winker, but we didn't see it until tonight. Both were key cogs in the Brewers' win this evening, and hopefully it's the jumpstart of something a little bigger for both of them because the Brewers do need both of them if they're going to go ahead and win this division and produce the kind of offense that I know Craig Council would like to see. 855-616-1620. We are just getting started. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. Commercial banking value only Fifth Third Bank can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Satisfying win for the Brewers. Maybe win of the season type stuff tonight. Erasing a four-run deficit, scoring four in the seventh inning, closing it out with Devin Williams, and earning a 7-5 victory in game two of the series. So the Brewers assure themselves of a winning homestand. They'll go for a series win tomorrow against the first-place Diamondbacks with a 1-10 first pitch. Brewers extra innings continues. Greg Matzik in for Dom Catronio. Craig Cashon in for Craig Cashon of Bally Sports Wisconsin joining us on the program. Good stuff tonight, Craig. Hey, I'm throwing it out there. Potentially win of the season among the most satisfying wins. Needed a little bit from everybody to get it done the way the Brewers were able to get it done tonight. Yeah, I can't argue that, Greg, for sure. I don't know if I would have thought about it that way till you mentioned it, but, you know, it's the latest win, and they've been struggling to score runs. They've been struggling mightily to come back from even uh, low-run deficits, let alone high-run deficits like four runs. 
Um, and you can name a lot of guys that had something to do with this in a lot of different ways, too. And just the way the game ended, too, in my book on that uh, double play turned by Owen Miller, who came in late in the game and uh, did a great job over there, you know, kind of looking like a gold glover the way he got that uh, uh, unassisted out. And then, you know, the throw over to Willie Adamas, they, they needed the tag there and the throw was perfect. So everything fell into place nicely. The bullpen was spectacular. Um, so Jesse Winker hits a home run. I mean, gosh, I think we could just keep going on down this list, which is uh, which you can almost say. It's about time, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. And I want to get to Willie. Uh, excuse me, Willie Adamas and Jesse Winker coming up in a moment. I, you make such a great point about the play Owen Miller made at first base. So, so he's called upon to pinch hit for Rowdy Telez uh, and delivers with a single as part of that Brewers four run seven. So, a, a, a nice lever pulled by Craig Council. But you know, I, I look at number one, the pick he's able to make at first base. You need a certain level of nimbleness and agileness to make that play like he did. And, and then his, his throw to second base, he's almost at a disadvantage being right-handed. In, in, there's no throwing lane right there. So he's got to throw it basically across the runner's body to the inside of the bag where the catch is made and the tag is applied. That's probably an easier throw for Rowdy Telez to make being a lefty. Um, I, I think it's probably 50-50 where and if anybody comes up with that ball on the pick that Miller did, uh, and, and Telez is fine on those kind of plays, but you never know. It's kind of a tricky hop. It's in between. But but he made a throw that Rowdy likely would have been able to make a little easier being a lefty. But Owen Miller made that very difficult play look very easy. Well, you're right. And in, in a play like that, too, you need really just enough spacing if you are throwing a, as a right-hander. You almost need just enough space between the runner going into second base and where you're, where that ball is going to be coming in that you're delivering, which means it's still all about timing on how quickly you can make that play and get that out at first base because that's the out. You, you have to get that out over there first because it's right there. Um, and so everything was just timed out very well. I'll, I'll say this about Owen Miller. Um, he came up a, as a shortstop. A lot of guys do, though. Um, and, and he's played a fine second base for Milwaukee. He's played a fine third base for Milwaukee. But in all honesty, his time over at first base, to me, it just seems like that's his spot on the major league level where he's really comfortable and he's right-handed to top it off. So he, he's not going to have that whole advantage that obviously you just explained with a guy like Rowdy Telez and whatnot. So, but he's really comfortable over there. Uh, we saw it on that last play. You just don't pull that out of your pocket sitting on the bench for eight innings. So uh, kudos to him. Very impressive play tonight indeed, no doubt about that. The run prevention unit coming up big in the ninth. Yoel Piamps, as you mentioned, striking out the side in the eighth. And, you know, you're down 4 nothing to the Diamondbacks, Craig, before you get a run on the board, and it feels a little bit like yesterday, right? Going into yesterday's game, you feel like Corbett Burns is always going to give you a chance to win. Well, by the time three outs were generated, and before the Brewers even had a bat in their hands, that game felt like it was over. Uh, unfortunately, that thing was, was ugly in a hurry. So when you're down 4 nothing, you, you, you sort of you're thinking to yourself, well, here we go again, right? It, it, how can the Brewers keep the Diamondbacks off the scoreboard the rest of the way, number one? But the Brewers have struggled to score more than four runs, right? That's right about their average. When they do, they win a lot of ball games, but getting to that point has been uh, a bit of a challenge at times this year. So 
the, the comeback nature of a, of a win like this over a first-place team that is also playing like a first-place team, I, I don't think you can underscore how impressive it was for the Brewers to do what they did today in rebounding after a, a really deflating an inning specifically, but a deflating loss last night. Yeah, the loss was deflating, mostly because of the way it happened in that first inning. There, there's no, I mean, that game was over. I mean, that's just, guess what? That's just how it is in baseball. There aren't many games that are over before you even bat. And, and last night, that was it. I mean, sometimes you say, hey, you got, I still have six outs to go. This team still has a chance. Well, they had a, a whole game to go. They had nine innings to bat, and it was 6 nothing. You just didn't feel like that was uh, in the cards last night. It wasn't then. Tonight, you know, Colin Ray g- gave up a run and then was able to get, with one out in the, in the first inning, was able to get the final two outs, and that, you know, all the damage is just one run on three hits, and you're like, well, at least it wasn't like last night. I mean, that was a sentiment throughout the press box tonight. And then and then that second inning when Marte got that three-run home run with two outs on a 2-0 pitch, um, boy, all of a sudden it's 4 nothing, And you're like, well, maybe here we go again. Uh, but, man, you know, Colin Ray settled in nicely and pitched into the sixth inning. You got to give this guy credit. Um, he's not an all-star pitcher. He's not a great pitcher, but he's been really, really solid for this team, uh, filling uh, a huge void in that starting rotation right now. And I think he, you know, he just quietly goes about his job, and he he quietly uh, kept this team in this game until the midway point of the game to hand it over to the bullpen, who was so dominant. I, I just think it opened the door for something to happen, and then. And then you get the leadoff walk in that seventh inning by Luis Arias. And then Perkins' hustle play to get to first to reach and then to get to second. He erased he erased two uh, would-be outs all on his own to keep that inning going. And we just haven't seen that go in the Brewers' favor much at all this year. No, that was small ball at its finest uh, in that seventh inning. But you're right, just you know, slight hesitations from Marte at second. Uh, one on a ball, maybe just kind of struggled to get out of his glove that allowed Perkins to reach. And then after Weimer's ball deflected off the pitcher's glove, uh, Marte again was just a slight hesitation getting the ball to second and credit Perkins for beating that out. So the Brewers had the right part of the lineup, you know, with good speed on the bases and ultimately turned it over to Christian Yelich as they were able to build up their run support that inning. Really interesting game tonight and lots more to detail. Craig, I want to get your thoughts on Willie Adamas and Jesse Winker. I was critical of both in our Brewers warm-up program. You know, you see him in the middle of that lineup in, in key run-producing spots in the lineup, anywhere from, you know, 2 to 4, 2 to 5. And you think at some point this has got to pay off for the hitters and Craig Council's decision-making. We hadn't really seen much of it up until this point, but today they were certainly both involved and key in the win. I want to get your thoughts on those two players coming up on the other side. 7-5 the final. We'll get your thoughts as well coming up on the other side. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Three-two pitch. Fly ball deep center field. Thomas going back at the track. It is gone. Jesse Winker with his first home run as a Brewer. It's a two-run shot. And the Brewers within a run. It's 4-3. to three. 
Now, admittedly, I didn't think Lane Grindle or Jeff or Josh or Bob would be making that call of Jesse Winker's first home run as a Brewer on June 20th. Uh, but here we are, and it was key in tonight's victory as uh, Winker goes deep, and it was the only home run of the game for the Brewers, but critical nonetheless in a 7-5 win over the Diamondbacks. Brewers come from behind victory, their largest come from behind win of the season over first place Arizona. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Craig Kishon of Valley Sports Wisconsin joining us. I, I detailed the seasons for Willie Adamas and Jesse Winker in our Brewers warm-up program, Craig, ahead of the game. And, you know, I, I had said quite candidly that I, I felt like the season was shaping up almost to be a little more disappointing for Willie Adamas, given what he's done in the past in a Brewers uniform. They've both dealt with injuries. Adamas, of course, has a little pop in his bat with 10 home runs, uh, but just unable to come up with enough base hits to justify his position in the order it was starting to feel like. And you could argue the same for Jesse Winker, a guy who's got pop, no doubt about it, but it, it, it took until tonight to deliver his first home run. They're not all of a sudden hitting 280 or 300. I get that. I, but I do wonder if there's kind of an exhale point for both of them where it just feels like, whew, okay, can we, can we use this as something to develop a little more consistency or to get back to the way we normally perform as offensive talent? I don't know what this game means, but it's certainly better than the alternative. Anything's better than a loss, uh, no, no question, Greg. And and when you're struggling, like the two guys that you're that you're talking about here, and in Adamus and Winker, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Rowdy Telez is struggling as well. William Contreras had a big hit tonight in that seventh inning, but really recently he has been struggling as well. Um, Let's see. Brian Anderson has been struggling to put consistent numbers together. Luis Arias uh, needs to do a lot. I mean, he can only go up from here. He just hasn't had a lot of time uh, outside of that injury uh, to do much at the plate. But he needs to be in there, you know, several times a week. You know, and then after that, you you got Joey Weimer, who's going through a rookie season like one that we probably haven't seen before, but needs to be in there because he does have some pop and can deliver some runs. But he he's another two hundred hitter. Um, there's there's just too many, you know, two hundred hitters and even below two hundred hitters that were in the lineup here today. And I, I you know I I talked about this a little bit in last night's show too. I I don't know what you do with a lineup that has the numbers that they have here right now and and moving guys around i don't know what that does i just know this much uh really good lineups like we're seeing over on the arizona side all you have to do is look at their numbers and they've got hitters protecting each other in key spots and and that's not something the brewers have been able to to accomplish and to have in in very many games here this season it's it's hit or miss from the first spot to the second spot and the second spot to the third spot and so on down the order. It's just been hit or miss. And that's just a fact. And all of these guys need to put up better numbers than they are. And we're going to ask Christian Yelich at, at what he's been doing lately to continue to do what he's done at a high level because he's capable of doing it. And the rest of the guys just need to pick up the pace right now it's it's the old adage you gotta you gotta live up to your career numbers and and most of these guys haven't been able to do it yeah it, you know you look at the, the Arizona Diamondbacks lineup Craig and I think to your point you see a pretty consistent 
one, two, three, four. Like that, that lineup should not change terribly often unless it's to, you know, give a guy an off day, you know, day game after a night game kind of thing. I, I think when you look at the Brewers lineup, and Craig has always been, you know, I think pretty open at moving guys around and, and never really just settling on one spot for a given player. Um, and maybe it is a little bit more matchup driven, how a guy is going at the time that, that fuels his decision making. Uh, but there isn't a lot of protection, right? And there's guys with pop. Willie's got pop, right? I mean, shortstops don't hit a lot more home runs than Willie. Typically, it's what he did last year and the year before. Uh, but he's also batting 207, right? Yeah. Jesse Winker has pop, and he's a lefty hitting inside Milwaukee's you know, hitter-friendly stadium. First home run of the year goes out tonight, and he's hitting 200. So it, it, it's like you almost rely a little bit on what a player has done in the past to justify their position in the lineup. And then if you say, well, that guy shouldn't be in the lineup, what's your alternative, right? To, because to your point, it's, it's a handful of guys who are scuffling, and you're just trying to play the matchups and, and get guys in as good a position as possible to succeed. But that's easier said than done. That, that's on paper and not inside the batter's box facing pitching. Right, and and you look at a guy like Willie Adamas as well, um, you, you know, struggling with that 200 average. Uh, tonight he had two hits. Last night he had a hit. So I'm just looking at his last three hits for a guy that's, you know, trying to get back on track here. And uh, I was talking with uh, Bill Schroeder uh, before the game when we were down on the field during batting practice, and we were watching Willie take BP. And, you know, he brought up a really good point. He said right now, uh, you know, Adamas is, is – pulling everything and if it's not inside you know uh if if he doesn't get an inside pitcher right now he he's just lacking success and it's usually the opposite for Willie Adamas but he they're pitching him inside here right now and so he's doing his best to do whatever he can to turn around on on pitches and he's getting a lot of singles to left field or maybe ripping a double down the line down the left field line but this still isn't the typical Willie Adamas so you know, first things first, if he's going to be pitched inside um, and he's going to, you know, pull everything to left, well, at some point, maybe they'll stop pitching him inside and try to work around, uh, you know, the plate a little bit more. And then maybe he'll start hitting it the other way and get his power back and whatnot. So, but these things take time and Willie's gone through it before. Uh, Jesse Winker's gone through it before. Rowdy Telez has gone through it before. Even William Contreras has gone through it before. Brian Anderson has gone through this before. He's been around a long time as well. So there are guys who have had success uh, at, a, at a pretty high level. There are some, there are some former All-Stars that are on this team that were in the lineup here tonight. So they have done it before. Um, and and they know that they can get it back, and hopefully they'll collectively figure that out here as we push towards the second half of the season. Craig got a note here on the text line from Tomas and McGuanago saying, I'm hopeful there could be a route for Keston here to come back up to finish the season. Who would we take off the 40-man for him? Let's just start with the first part of that. So Keston here is back and healthy and, and hitting very well at the minor league level, and I, that is not a surprise because he has always hit at the minor league level, even when he struggled at the major league level and was sent to the minor leagues. In his minor league opportunities, he always flourished. So you know, the fact that he's hitting three thirty six in, in a pretty good sample size here, 128 at-bats at AAA, is, is pleasing, right? That's better than the alternative. 
We've also seen that before, and it hasn't always translated into success at the major league level. But I do think it's an interesting point as you, you search for any level of consistency, and, and some guys are struggling. I know not all the players we talked about even have options. I get that. But I do somewhat wonder if there is a path back to the majors for Keston Hira and, and what it would take. Um, and if it's a you know second half down the stretch kind of decision, you could argue the same for Sal Freelich and Bryce Terang, perhaps. Uh, it, it's hard not to be impressed by the numbers he continuously puts up at the minor league level and then scratch your head wondering what happens when he gets to the major league level. Yeah, I mean, it's a legitimate question. Um, and I, I would venture to guess that after they released him uh, at spring training and he cleared waivers and they were able to re-sign him uh, to uh, the minors, that the thought process was pretty obvious that at, at some point, if he continues to hit uh, AAA pitching the way you just described, Greg, that he will get a shot at some point up here. What will it take? It's probably going to take um, an, an injury to somebody, and I, I certainly don't want to throw names out. That's not how you do this, but uh, we, we all understand injury can be uh, open the door for somebody. So to me, it would be something along that or you know, a complete failure by one of these guys to produce that gets released or sent down again. Um, and to give Keston here a try. But the the situation, I think, for somebody like that has to be pretty ideal for the Brewers. Uh, so, Greg, if he does come up here and and fails or doesn't produce, it's not going to be one of these, you know, I'm going to give the guy a month. I don't know. I don't know if they can afford to do that by the time all this would happen, um, you know, later on in the season. So. It's uh, it's an interesting question. I would not be surprised at all if he would be up here. I just don't think it's going to be a situation where it's going to be a long leash. He'd almost, you know, I, I guarantee you, he's going to have to produce right out of the gates on the major league level uh, to continue to play for this club. Something to follow, to be sure, as the Brewers stay right in the thick of things in the NL Central. The Reds are going to lose a game again this year, I promise you, but it's taken them 10 wins in a row to even get a half game ahead of the Brewers, right? I mean, just think about what it's taken them to achieve this spot, and the Brewers are, are still right there just a half game back. Yeah, it's it's something, man. They're you know they've got they've got quite a club over there in the making. Um, they they just don't have you know a long track record with the players that they have yet. Um, and so, but this division is wide open. It's going to be, you know, I mean, I I think what we're seeing, you know, the three teams right now, Milwaukee, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh, have a legitimate chance to to continue to fight this one out. And, and I, I'll never count the Cardinals out. I mean, not, not the way things are going this season for everybody else in this division. Uh, whatever they are below 500, 13, 14, 15 games, you know, you never know. All, all it would take is for, you know, these top teams to kind of collectively uh, go into a long slump in St. Louis to get hot like the Reds have done here, you know, win 10 straight or 15 straight and, Suddenly, uh, you know, things could really be up for grabs in the Central. But um, I'd love to see the Brewers win 10 straight. That'd be nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll sign up for that. And just to give you an idea just how quickly things change here in the division, when the Pirates came to American Family Field on Friday, they were in first place in the NL Central. 
they've now lost eight in a row and are four games below 500. They are only ahead of the Cardinals by four games. Like, That's boom, amazing. Just like that. Yeah. Just like that, yeah. Craig, is how it changed. Yeah. That's right. And, and this is why this is why uh, as frustrating as it can be at times to watch you know, the losses by Milwaukee, and especially after that hot start in the first month or six weeks of the season, um, it, you just have to have a little bit of faith here and appreciate the fact that they're not they haven't gone completely you know downhill and out of it. It, it is pretty amazing. Maybe they've had uh, a lot of key wins. I know they've had, you know, a couple of six game losing streaks or whatever it's been, but they've had they've had some key wins that have, you know, propelled this club back a little bit and uh, kept their head above water. And that's that's the bottom line. I mean, they're three games above 500 here right now. And and right now you, you just take it and hope that, um, you know, you, you get Brandon Woodruff back somewhere down the down the road and your starting pitching continues to, you know, improve and get better. I think the bullpen, uh, I, th- I, I think tonight we saw a glimpse of where they're headed. Uh, Piumps looked great in that eighth inning um, for sure. So just things like that. And then, and then the hitting, we've been talking about it all night on this show, you know, I, I just don't believe their their offense is going to remain uh, this low. I, I I really do think they're going to pick it up. Day game after a night game, it might force some of the Brewers to take a rest tomorrow. It will not force Craig Kershaw to the sidelines. He always works that day game after a night Heck game. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, Get some rest, my friend. Great to chat with you tonight. We'll check in again soon. You got it, Greg. Take care. All right, pal, that's Craig Kishon of Bally Sports Wisconsin joining us after a very satisfying 7-5 win. Comments from Brewers manager Craig Council coming up on the other side. We've got some highlights as well from a very entertaining game at the ballpark. You're hanging out with us on Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. And the first pitch to Contreras is lined into left center field. This is going to plug the gap. It one hops the wall. Two runs are going to score. Contreras into second. And the Brewers lead it 6-5. to five. Annex Wealth Management is different, not driven by commission sales, not pushing financial products you may not actually need. For elite comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need, contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. That's our Annex Wealth Management difference-making moment of the game. It came in the seventh inning. First pitch swinging, William Contreras with a two RBI double that uh, ultimately paved the way for a two-run win for the Brewers, 7-5 the final over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Let's uh, talk to Doug in Baraboo. Thanks for holding, Doug. You're on WTMJ and Brewers Extra Innings. Yeah, good evening, Greg. Say, we are at the game tonight, staying over for the game tomorrow. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we get those four runs with uh, only two balls going out of the uh, uh, infield and there were no errors uh, committed uh, in in that seventh inning, and didn't I see uh, Winkler say, or his body language anyway? I was watching him closely. Finally, uh, when he hit that home run, and the other comment I like to make, I like to see Contreras be the permanent DH when he is not catching. Yeah, interesting thought there, Doug, and, and that speaks, I think, to the the level of proficiency we're seeing out of Victor Caratini. Boy, every time I see Victor Caratini in the lineup, and, and it's commonly with Corbin Burns pitching, I, I think to myself things are going to be just fine. 
right? It, it, just fine. Now, it's, you know, uh, you got William Contreras for a reason. Uh, but to your point, if he is starting to heat up, that's a bat you desperately need in the lineup. It's, it's not common for two catchers to play because, you know, if a catcher has an issue, then you've got to shuffle things and do a double switch, and you've got some problems there potentially on your hands. Brewers only have two rostered catchers right now, so there is some complications. Uh, not an everyday thing, to be sure, because there's some risk if a catcher gets injured. Um, but I get to what you're saying with the bat of Victor Caratini and what William Contreras can do. I understand from an offensive standpoint what you're getting at. And, and yes, you're spot on. The seventh inning, I, I mean, that was small ball to its finest for the Brewers. He had a walk and two infield singles to load the bases. And good hustle from Blake Perkins to get on first base, to leg one out, to get into second base before a throw. Uh, all that was required. You had the right guys on the base pass with speed, able to get to the bags, and force the action on defense. And that set the stage for Christian Yelich to have an RBI on a, a dribbler to first base. It's actually a fielder's choice. doesn't count really as an RBI. But nonetheless, you get the point. And yeah, so two-run score on the Contreras double. That reaches left field, left center. It plugs the gap. And Owen Miller pinch hitting for Rowdy Telez also hit a single to left field. And he scored on a fielder's choice. So two balls left the infield, and the Brewers scored four runs in the inning. That's pretty impressive stuff overall, and it takes that level of hustle uh, for the Brewers to do what they did. So, Doug, I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, you called it. Uh, That's the kind of stuff you need, right? You're not pounding the ball out of the ballpark with regularity. Uh, You're not getting these these massive innings where it's, you know, balls off the wall in the corner, you know, solid singles and, and just ambushing a pitcher. That wasn't the case tonight. It was just sort of a steady approach and putting the ball in play that led the Brewers to a four-run inning, and it was the difference-making moment of tonight's game. We'll run through Craig Council's comments coming up on the other side. Highlights to come as well. More Brewers extra innings right after this. Trust in your family's comfort at home this summer with cider heating, plumbing, and electrical. Don't wait. Until it's too late for your AC preventative maintenance, schedule your appointment today at Cider.com. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Families helping families since 1912. Brewers helping each other out tonight with a 7-5 win over the Arizona Diamondbacks. You have to consider what happened last night when you talk about this being a potential game and win of the year for the Brewers in this first half of the season. You're able to keep pace with the Reds, who have now won 10 straight. Brewers are a half game behind going into the series finale tomorrow. You've assured yourself of a winning homestand going into tomorrow's game and given yourself an opportunity to win the series against a first-place team. But uh, amassing your greatest comeback of the season against an Arizona Diamondbacks team that has certainly shown a propensity to fly out of the gates when the game begins, right? I mean, they, they scored four runs in the first two innings tonight. They scored six against Corbin Burns. This is not a team that strikes out a lot. The Brewers were able to quiet the bats down eventually. Uh, but the damage was not done in those first two innings. It was not insurmountable for the Brewers tonight. And we detailed how it happened with that incredible seventh inning. And then a key home run from Jesse Winker, who finally gets on the board with his first home run as a Brewer. Good defense as well. It's all summed up by Craig Council in his postgame comments. Yeah, no, it was a good. I mean, it's a good win, and um, that's a good team. Uh, there's no question that's a good team. And um, you know, you you spot a team four runs, it's it's an uphill climb for sure. Um, and and 
you know, we, we put zeros up after the that that's the big thing. Give up one run for the last six innings. So that's that's the key to that. Um, and you know, I thought they got some kind of you know some runs. They got two runs in the course of the game off some really soft contact, and our big inning, frankly, was put together on a bunch of soft contact. So um, kind of we got we caught some. They caught some breaks early, and we caught some breaks late. Your running ability, or, or what y'all done the base pass early in that inning? How big was that to load the bases with? Yeah, I mean that was Blake Perkins, yeah, essentially. Um, you know, just just hustling. You know, just that was just two hustle plays, and um, especially the one to first base. You know, you kind of hit a nothing ground ball, and uh, just the hustle hustle allows you to beat it. How about that seventh inning overall? Just the situation of hitting continuing to just get. To- yeah, I mean the the big hit obviously was Williams, you know, double, um, which was huge. Um, but the Owens Owens tack on hit, uh, Willie beat Willie beating the beating the double play. So there was a lot of big plays, and um, we just ball and play, you know, when we needed it. He struggled since his return, dropping down four. Did it kind of play out like you might have envisioned it with the night that he had tonight, or what'd you like from his uh, at bats? Yeah, I mean just. You know, I think for for Willie, just you want results, honestly. Like it's you know you you know you just want to get you want to take a left turn at first base and, and be on first base and get a high five from the first base coach. You know, when you're when you're struggling getting hits, and so a couple couple line drives today. Um, hopefully, we get him going. Yeah, Craig Hill also talked about it, but soft contact sort of fueled the Brewers' rally in the seventh inning. But it, it removed the word soft. It's contact. Right, you put the ball in play, and good things were able to happen tonight. It's not always going to work out that way, where you get, you know, two infield singles and a dribbler that scores the run, keeps you out of a double play uh, in that seventh inning, uh, and only two balls leave the infield in an inning where you score four times. I mean, that's just not common in the world of baseball. But then again, baseball is anything but common from game to game. See a Brewers nine-one loss in game one of the series, and a four-run deficit earning win tonight against the first-place team. So there you go. But the net of it all is this. The Brewers have won a game and lost a game in this series and have a chance to win the series tomorrow, regain first place, or keep pace with the suddenly red-hot Reds who will lose a game before the season is over, I can assure you that. Uh, But the Reds have also earned their opportunity here to seize control of the division given what they've done. They've done what no other team has done in the division so far this year. That's win 10 games in a row. Brewers had a a great stretch of games to begin this season uh, and then fell on some complicated times in May and have sort of steadied a little bit while they try and get healthy and are right in it. Doesn't matter what you think of the division, the Brewers are right in it, and most teams are. If you're not the Cardinals right now, you are in this thing, and uh, I don't think anybody is willing to count the Cardinals out just yet, although I'd like to. The highlights from tonight's game we'll have coming up on the other side. Brewers Extra Innings continues right after this. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Go! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Greg Matzik. Colin Ray on the mound for the Brewers one night after Corbin Burns and the Brewers suffered a 9-1 loss to the Arizona Diamondbacks, a game in which the Diamondbacks scored six times in the first inning. Unfortunately, Arizona sort of picked up where they left off in the first inning of last night's game with a Corbin Carroll RBI single in the first against Colin Ray. Big blast came for the Diamondbacks in the second. Hit to right and deep and big trouble, and Marte 
just put three more on the board for Arizona. Bob Uecker with the call. Kettle Marte with a three-run home run. And in the blink of an eye, the Brewers were trailing four to nothing. They were able to make a dent in the scoreboard in the bottom of the second. Willie Adamas led things off with a single to left field before Jesse Winker struck out swinging. A double to left off the bat of Brian Anderson put Willie Adamas at third, setting the stage for Luis Urias. Luis to left, deep, get up, off the wall, and it's going to be an exclamation. One run's going to score for sure. They'll hold Anderson at third on a double that hit off the wall. Terrell got back there, made a leaping try on it, couldn't corral it. That made it 4-1. to one. Top of the third, the Diamondbacks go down in order, 1-2-3. The Brewers do the same in the bottom half of the inning. Diamondbacks go down 1-2-3 again in the fourth. That's where the Brewers were able to draw a little closer. Another single of the leadoff variety for Willie Adamas. That set the stage for Jesse Winker, who did something tonight he had yet to do in a Brewers uniform. 3-2 pitch. Fly ball deep center field. Thomas going back at the track. It is gone. Jesse Winker with his first home run as a Brewer. It's a two-run shot. And the Brewers within a run. It's 4-3. Things would remain 4-3 until the top of the sixth inning. Colin Ray came out to start the game, or start the inning, I should say. And he got Yuri Gurriel to pop out to first base. Evan Longoria reached on an infield single to third. Hobie Milner then entered for Ray. There was a ground ball, fielder's choice to second. That forced Longoria out. There was another infield single and then another infield single that ultimately gave the Diamondbacks a 5-3 lead. Coming back, swinging a smash to a diving knockdown by Luis Rios. That's all they're going to get. A run's going to score, and it's 5-3 now on a big base hit by Jake McCarthy. Yeah, the run charged to Ray, not Milner. But again, you talk about a run scoring without a ball leaving the infield. That was the Diamondbacks' version of small ball on the night. And the Brewers would have their version coming up in the seventh. It was a fascinating inning here for the Brewers. And a frame that led off with Luis Urias drawing a walk. Then an infield single from Blake Perkins. Perkins, a chopper on the right side. Charging's Marte's only play is going to be at first. And Perkins beat it out. Took too much time, and Perkins was busting it down the line, and he's got himself an infield single. That put runners at first and second for Joey Weimer, who hit a ball off the glove of the pitcher. It deflected to Marte. He tried to get the out at second, but Perkins again scooting his way from first to second. Those 90 feet, he was able to chomp up pretty quick. At the throw just late, Arizona challenged to no avail, and all of a sudden the bases were loaded. After a pitching change brought Nelson in for Adams, it was a lefty-on-lefty situation with Adams facing, or Nelson facing Christian Yelich. First offering to Yelich is a chopper. It's going to be a tough play. Nelson will field and throw to first. It'll get a run home, though. Christian Yelich with an RBI ground out, and it's 5-4 to four Diamondbacks. Yeah, first pitch swinging for Yelich. It was a slider that really didn't do much. It was just more of a spinner. It was almost as if Yelich expected that slider to slide a little more over the heart of the plate and perhaps able to drive that ball into the gap. Uh, instead, the slider really doesn't move off its plane, and Yelich ends up hitting a chopper. Thankfully, he stayed out of a double play, and a run was able to score. 
More first pitch swinging from William Contreras, the next man up. And the first pitch to Contreras is lined into left center field. This is going to plug the gap. It one hops the wall. Two runs are going to score. Contreras into second, and the Brewers lead it 6-5. to five. Owen Miller was called on a pinch hit for Rowdy Telez. He hit a single to left to put Contreras at third base. Willie Adamas then stepped in to the batter's box and finished off a productive night. Adamas, a bouncing ball to third. Played by Longoria to second for one on the first. Not in time. Adamas beat it out, and Contreras scores from third. It's a 7-5 lead for the crew. So now you're up two runs, and you can play your high-leverage relievers in the eighth and ninth. In the eighth, it was Yoel Pion. One-two pitch. Slider for a call, third strike. Front door on the right-handed hitting Goriel Jr. And he strikes him out. Here's the pitch. And a swing and a miss. A foul tip into the mitt of William Contreras, who holds on. It's another strikeout. And the first two have struck out against Pions here in the top of the eighth. The one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Got him with a slider. And Pyomps with three strikeouts in a scoreless top of the eighth. Just like that, the Brewers were out of it and on to the ninth, where they went down quietly, putting the bat in the hand of the Arizona Diamondbacks against the Brewers' best reliever in Devin Williams. He was able to get the job done. However, the tying run was at the plate in the ninth. Bouncer hit to first. He'll step on the back for one, and the throw at second is in time! It is going to be a double play, I believe! It sure was. The call upheld. Incredible play by Owen Miller to close things out. So Arizona posts five runs on ten hits. No errors. The Brewers seven runs on ten hit. One error on the evening. Bryce Wilson picks up the win. Devin Williams, his 13th save of the season. Very entertaining game at American Family Field, and the Brewers win 7-5. to five. Fine night for Willie Adamas, 2-4 for four with an RBI. Jesse Winker, his first home run of the season. And as a Brewer, Luis Arias, 2-3 for three with an RBI and a run scored. We'll wrap up the program with some final thoughts after this on WTMJ. We're wrapping up the program here on a Tuesday night. Great win for the Milwaukee Brewers. They'll go for a series win tomorrow with Julio Teran on the mound against Zach Gallon. Good pitching matchup once again. Uh, may not be easy to score runs in tomorrow's game, and, and that goes for the Diamondbacks as well, as uh, Julio Teran has pitched himself to a 178 ERA in his opportunities with the Brewers, and he'll have start number six in a Brewers uniform coming up tomorrow afternoon. Good stuff tonight from Craig Kishon. Always great to connect with you as well on the program. Justin Pottinger producing the program at our studios at the Avenue. Dom Catronio will be back the next time Brewers Extra Innings airs. Join us at the ballpark tomorrow afternoon as the Brewers go for a win. Our coverage gets underway at 1235 here on WTMJ. Enjoy the rest of your night. You've been listening to Brewers Extra Innings.